Welcome into week 14 of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. I'm your host, Martin Weiss, joined here with my good friend, my buddy, my pal, former Cincinnati Bengal and Pro Bowl wide receiver TJ Hushmanzada. TJ, I'd ask you how you're doing this week, but I feel like I know. We both got our asses kicked. You know, sometimes it happens, man. It, it just, sometimes the ball doesn't always bounce your way. And not only did it not bounce our way, it didn't bounce at all. And so, you know what you do? You dust yourself off, you get back up. I'm going to be much better this week, as I'm sure you will be as well. It was just a bad week. It happens. And, and I had a feeling that the week was going to start out badly for me, even though you got, I'm sure you didn't, as you got the win. Cowboys at the Saints on Thursday night. Saints were plus four at one point. They were plus seven at one point. And I had a feeling it's like, you know what? This defense has been pretty good. All they really need is another offensive weapon. And I thought Taysom Hill could be that offensive weapon as long as, and I said it on our other podcast uh, on this network, Extra Points, said as long as Sean Payton doesn't pretend that Taysom Hill is actually a quarterback, the Saints will win this game. And by golly, Sean Payton pretended that Taysom Hill was an actual quarterback through 40 times or 41 times. And I, I said it on extra points. I said if he throws the ball over 15 times, they're going to lose. But like, because he's just not a he's just not a good quarterback. And it and, and but TJ, the thing that happened to me as I was watching this game, it was so maddening because every time the Saints were moving the ball, it was either something that was super duper wide open, or Taysom Hill was running the ball, or like it was basically every time he was not playing quarterback, essentially, who's playing like just that extra, you know, they were doing wildcat with Taysom Hill. They are moving the ball. It's like if you ask Shakespeare to do math, like he's so good at other things in football, like catching the ball and running with the ball and, and tackling people that why, like, why I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it just pisses me off. It was one of those things where, Sean Payton, he just, he made it harder than he should have. Taysom Hill's a good player, a good football player. Yes. But him being a good quarterback, I haven't seen it. And what is, what they see in practice, obviously, is not what he does in the game. There's no rush. There's really no urgency of guys coming to hit you. And so... Just the way you're able to relax yourself, it's completely different. They have to figure out a happy medium of how much can we run him and how much should we throw the ball? He should be, I mean, you Baker's a better thrower than him, and they're trying to limit Baker to under 25 a game. And so that <laughs> should be the threshold if you're Sean Payton and the Saints. 20 to 25 throws a game max for Taysom Hill, all off the play action. No drop backs. Always give the run look. Give the give the, the look of you can run the ball, play action. Never any just straight drop back passes with Taysom Hill, and you can be successful. Yeah, the only drop back pass I want to see Taysom Hill throwing is a go route. Like on a like if we're like a nine in the box, like you know what I'm saying? But like that, that's about it. I don't like one of those you just he just takes five steps back and just throws the ball as soon as his fifth foot hits the ground. Like, I'm not, but I'm, I'm, but you know what, though? I was a little bit glad to see him throw his fifth interception. And I hate to do this, our fourth interception, because I, and I, and I'm not 
generally. And I picked the Cowboys. I, I thought the Cowboys would cover, and, and especially with Taysom Hill as a quarterback, but Sean Payton, uh, he helped them out. I mean, he, he wasn't purposely trying, but he for sure helped them out. He threw it. Taysom Hill hit multiple defensive linemen in the face with footballs on Thursday night. And one of them was caught for an interception to go for a pick six, which completely blew the cover in the fourth quarter, which was just, I mean, you want to talk about adding injury to insult because at that point I was just like, Oh, this, this is not off to a good week. And then we go from there to the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers were four point underdogs at home. TJ, first of all, as a football player, how do you feel about going for two there? Because I know as a gambler, I was furious. I was furious as well. And, I, and I'll tell you why. When you are the better team, you want to play that overtime period because, as they say, the cream rises to the top. And you can say Marlon Humphrey went down with injury. We, we were banged up at corner. But it's not like the Steelers are this big, unstoppable passing team. And so I'm kicking the PAT and I truly believe in overtime, we would win the game being the Baltimore Ravens. I was shocked. But with that being said, um, ball should have been completed. And I, I'm not, I, because I picked the Ravens when I saw that, I literally just turned to TV. <laughs> I was so mad. Like, really? Are they really about to just go for you're the better team. The better team always plays for overtime. What I didn't understand, or what I thought would have been almost more interesting is because, you know, we, we, when they came out with Lamar, obviously we all knew they were going for two. Duh. But, and I don't know if this would have been completely ridiculed, but, like, I don't know if the Rave, if uh, the Steelers knew that the Ravens didn't have any cornerbacks left, right? So, like, I would have thought it would have been if they had actually faked the extra point attempt and gone for two there. Even though you would have been taking the ball out of Lamar's hands, but secretly Lamar has not been playing great the last four weeks anyway, right? And I know that's like against like the Baltimore's edict to take the ball out of Lamar's hands. They, they just give him the keys to the Ferrari and, and then make sure that thing goes. But like at the end of the day, he has had some decisions this season, which have been, in my estimation, just completely inexcusable. Like the interception that he threw in the red zone to make up Fitzpatrick. What are you doing? Like, I don't understand. I don't, he hasn't. And then I don't know if he's hurt or if it's like a general uh, organizational thing, but he hasn't been taken off and running like he has been. He hasn't scored a rushing week, touchdown since week two or three. He, and when's the last time you saw Lamar Jackson drop back on a pass play, right? And then just, you know, take it for like 25 yards and make three people miss. I, I feel it feels like it's been a long time. He's trying to evolve more as a passer but it's taken away his gifts that he naturally has and he does so well is his ability to improvise his ability to make plays on the fly just instinctually because that's how talented he is he's regressed this year and luckily Baltimore defensively they're so strong that it hasn't been a bad year for the Ravens as a team he's throwing a ton of interceptions and when you're doing that, you have to counter some of that with what you said. Let me break this off and go give me a touchdown on the ground. Let me make a big play with my legs when the team needs it. 
And conversely, he's turning the ball over so much. So those big plays are coming for the other team instead of his team. He has to figure it out. I believe he will. He has the weapons offensively. Their offensive line has been banged up. They got a lot of guys hurt up front, which could play a part in it. Obviously, we know what happened with the running backs. But Lamar maybe is putting too much on his shoulders and feeling like every play he must make the play. Just play football. You got a really good team. You got a great coaching staff behind you. Don't press as much because he's. it looks like he's pressing. And with that, it looks like he's taking a step back from the development uh, standpoint that he had in year two and three. Yeah, well, I know this. It would be nice to see if they could get this figured out in Baltimore offensively because one of my favorite players to watch has just seemingly been uh, – I, I, I am not going to say he's been figured out because, like, what does that even mean, somebody's been figured out? It's like, no, like, he's, this is football. At the end of the day, if he just makes you miss, guess what? You could, like, you could be in the right – like, you could call the right play. Players make plays. TJ Hushmanzada told me that. So oh, – <laughs> So I'm not too concerned about figuring him out. You can know what he's going to do all day and night. It doesn't matter if you can't stop it. But so, TJ, what what the hell happened to your former team this weekend? So did you watch the game? I, I mean, I watched almost I don't every know how the hell. You know, I was like, you know, I got the, I got the um, package, NFL package. So, you know, I'm going TV here, TV here, so I can watch two games. I'm going back and forth on both of them. So the Bengals were down 9-0, 9-0. They have a touchdown. Jamar Chase drops it. And that drop turns into a bobble, turns into an interception. That would have made it 9-7. to seven. He was clear touchdown. That would have made it 9-7. to seven. Now it's 16-0. So you go from 9-7, to 16-0. to zero. And then they're down 24 to zero. They start to make a run at it. It's 24-22. Joe Mixon fumbles as they're about to score. He picks it up and returns it for a touchdown. So instead of it being 29 to 24, it's 31 to 22. To me, those two plays are the reason the Bengals lost. And you know, oh, you don't want to. Those are the two plays that. One put him in a hole, and the other didn't allow him to climb out of that hole. The other one kept him in the hole. And the thing the, – oh, go ahead. The Chargers defensively run defense, last in the league, 32nd. Bengals couldn't really run the ball. I don't know. The thing that's interesting with the Bengals, as you bring up those two plays, I'm reminded of the game versus Cleveland, another game that I thought they were going to go – going to go and show that they were kind of taking a step up in the AFC and had a real shot at, you know, challenging for the damn near the, the conference, right? Because they, they, if they win the North, you know, they, they have a decent shot at calling the whole thing. But um, Burrow throws a pick six in the end zone, right? And he, Denzel Ward takes a 99, uh, 99 yards. When the Bengals turn the ball over, they don't just turn it over. They turn it over in catastrophic like ways that break the backs of, of the team. Like it is and it's such key moments in time. Like it's, it's really kind of like kind of something. I don't know what, what that's about, but it's just bad turnover luck, whether you're just your Zach Taylor's calling, like dialing up the more riskier plays at the wrong time. 
Or, I, I mean, I can't really think. I mean, the Jamar Chase thing, that's a, I've been watching football forever. That's a fluke. Joe Mixon fumbles. I mean, running backs fumble, but, you know, that wasn't, it wasn't a two. I don't know what you could do to stop that except to just not fumble. But the Bengals are just very up and down. I think, you know, I actually bought a ticket for Burrow them was under pressure and he had two offensive linemen that weren't playing. Right. I don't know. If, that was the reason why, but he was under pressure a lot. And conversely, Herbert, they they started putting some pressure on him late in the first half, and that's how they started to get back in the game. But Joe was under pressure the entire game. That offensive line didn't play the way they had been playing, and it could be because they had two starters missing. Well, I'd imagine so. But the Broncos go into Kansas City. The Chiefs were laying 10. TJ, I got time. I, I think it's time to make the announcement. It is time to stop auto-fading the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm not going with them, but I'm not going against them. I agree with that, you. That, that, that's the hard part is because they played – they didn't play well. Like, the Chiefs are winning games because of their defense. They're winning games in spite of their offense. Let's just call it what it is. When you think of the Chiefs, you think Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, they're going to put up points. They're winning in spite of their offense. I would say this. Not only, okay, they're winning games because of their defense, and people are scared of their offense, though, because, like, Vic Fangio, please kick a field goal. Please kick a field goal. Dude, kick the field goal. I don't understand what these teams are doing. Like, okay, we're, I'm going way off subject. Will somebody please explain to me when the Seattle Seahawks had the ball up seven that Pete Carroll didn't kick the field goal to go up 10, he went for it, gets stopped, and the 49ers have a chance to win it. I'm like, what are they just kick the field goal? I don't know what is going on with this go for it on fourth down, Craig, but kick the field goal. And then Teddy Bridgewater's like, dude, is Drew Locke that bad to where you couldn't even give him a chance? Teddy Bridgewater did not play well. Mm-mm. And he had opportunities. And I was just like, oh, they ran the ball fairly effective to Denver Broncos. But you got to give credit to the Chiefs defense, man. Them boys have been playing lights out, and they're carrying that team. It's not the offense. Teams are scared of the Chiefs offense when they have the ball offensively feeling we have to score every possession. Do they not? Yes, yes, what, but they what, don't. What, but that's not true anymore. What game that's are they watching? Because the it's Chiefs aren't true. scoring. Like, what game are they watching? Or what games are they scouting leading up to it? Like, the Chiefs are not scoring points on offense guys get your points when you can get them stop going for it you don't have to feel this is not the chiefs of old it's the chiefs of today tj listen the chiefs won this game 22 to 9 teddy bridgewater threw a pick six to daniel Sorensen, which honestly you should be docked pay for that right daniel Sorensen of all people. any clown on the way to the end zone right i thought he was gonna trip with his old swagless self but daniel Sorensen caught a pick six that makes the score what to 22 to nine. That's that it would have been 20. I mean, 14 to nine. You've kicked the field goal on the end of the longest drive of your season. And right now you're sitting at a final score of 14 to 12. And they cover. <laughs> Take the L, just cover. <laughs> I mean, if you just eliminate those two plays, you kick the field goal and make it, and you don't throw the pick six, you lose the game 14 to 12. And there's so many other, I mean, and obviously the whole you can't just 
eliminate two plays, but if you eliminate those two plays, this game is a one possession game. It was a one possession game. Coaches always say, oh, it's never one or two plays, but it always is. It comes down to a handful of plays in each game. You make them or you don't make them. And I've been a part of making them and I've been a part of not making them. And so, and everybody comes up to you when you don't make them. Oh, it's not the reason we lost. And you're thinking in your head, man, you know it is, motherfucker. You being a good teammate, it is the fucking reason we lost. It's on me. Well, and we know that as players for sure. I was going to say, you want to talk about two plays that could have won you or lost the game. I know Monday night you had to be sick watching Micah Hyde overrun Damian Harris on his 75-something yard or 67-yard run from scrimmage to the touch for like pretty much the only the difference in the game in the Bills Patriots game and then watching Josh Allen throw the ball damn near into the stands when Stefan Diggs was was wide open at the pylon for for what would have been the game winning touchdown it's not the fact that he had a long run that's going to happen in football I, I don't mind that that that's going to happen it, it's the fact that New England threw the ball three times and they still won. Like, this is Tommy Frazier, Tom Osborne, Nebraska football. Like, and really? TJ, did they- and, 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 I, and when they not only won, but the game, it was a one-possession game for most of the game. But I didn't feel like Buffalo had even a shot to win it until was, maybe five minutes left in the fourth quarter. New England played good defense, but I felt like Buffalo – Buffalo – had great field position that entire first half for the most part and couldn't do anything with the fact that they couldn't score. I'm like, Brian Dable, you have Josh Allen, big arm. Why are you playing the same game that new England's playing with Mac Jones as their quarterback? You don't have to play that game. Your quarterback can play in these elements. Had they opened it up sooner, then it would have been different. But I'll tell you what, man, the running back position has been so devalued that if Buffalo had that running back, they would be unreal. Their first round pick next year needs to be a running back or they need to, they should have signed Kenyon Drake in free agency. They should have traded for Naheem Hines. They something, right. they need a back. Or Marlon Mack. This guy um, oh, yes, Marlon Mack. Marlon yes, Mack. not Naheem Hines. Yes, Marlon Mack. They need a running back, man. They don't have one. At least they give the impression they don't have one. I mean, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and then Matt Breida, you like, they're about to score. They're in scoring position. And he tries to grab the ball like this is Pop Warner. Give a pocket, and the ball will be put. It was just like, what are they doing? They're going to have some ground to make up. I thought they would win that game. That run doesn't bother me. It's the continuous same play. Okay, we're going to go to the left with the power. We're going to go to the right with the trap. And we're just going to just mix and match. And they could not figure it out until the end when you saw that linebacker. He was running through now. Mm -hmm. They figured it out, but it was like a little too late. That's what it wasn't until it was not until the Bills started forcing negative runs on first and second down, like probably it, without having without looking at my notes. It wasn't until six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Dude, all those run throughs. Yep, run through sooner. Like you, people will tell you 
that have played for New England. And Brian Dable should have known this because he coached in New England. When there's wind, Bill Belichick's, he wants the opposing team to start against the win to start the game. He's going to play it safe because the majority of games are lost more than they are won. Let's let them make mistakes. Let's play good, solid, fundamental football. They'll make mistakes. They'll dig themselves a grave. And that's what Buffalo did. I wouldn't say New England won the game. They played great. Or they played smart. But Buffalo, I felt like, had the game, and they gave it away. Oh, I mean, they either gave it away or you had Josh Allen take, uh, in the first time that I can remember seeing, take two sacks on one play instead of throwing the ball away and knocking them out of field goal range. I mean, that was why They run the ball. I believe they got to the six-yard line. Uh, Run it again. Run it again, and that's when he got sacked. Run it again. Read option. Josh Allen can run. Wildcat something. Something. Philly special. Trick play that you have. I don't know. Something. But, DJ, like I said, like I said to you last two. Bad week. Bad week. Well, this one, I ended it on a good one on Monday night, and I told you. We're going to be looking at the AFC East a lot differently today, Tuesday morning, December 7th. And guess what? We are. But before we get into the week 14 games, let's take a quick break. All right, TJ, what, what in the honestly, what I feel like probably to me is the uh, most disappointing loss of the week coming off of it. The Baltimore Ravens are going to the Cleveland Browns who are off a bye. Browns are two and a half point favorites at uh, Baker's house, progressive field. Uh, you know, he's, he's changed the locks. He's changed the codes. The parking is, is set up. The bathrooms are clean. Baker Mayfield off the bye. TJ, who's going to win this game? This is tough, man. And, and I say it's tough because Baltimore is just so banged up in the secondary. They're not banged up up front. The linebacking core is solid. Will Cleveland come out and try to exploit them in a the passing game? I don't know if they trust Baker to do that. I don't know if I trust the Ravens to score enough points to just win by more than two. It, this game can, can, go, can go either way. But ultimately, the guy who's going to touch the ball every snap for the Baltimore Ravens and for the Cleveland Browns, which one do I trust the most? I trust Lamar more than I trust Baker. I I believe Cleveland defensively will be slightly better because of the injuries that Baltimore they have. But I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm just not sold that Baker – when he has to throw the ball, he can do it. And until he shows me like the Chiefs has shown me now, then I'll go against him. I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, I got to disagree with you on this one. I'm going with the Browns, and it's more so because the Baltimore Ravens at this point have disappointed me too many times. And I know that that sounds a little silly because, you know, up until last week, they were the one seed in the, there was, you know, they were, you know, top of the AFC and, and so on. But it's just literally in watching the games, they have not been able to overcome things that I feel like the best team in the AFC are good teams 
should be able to overcome. Like I watched Miami on a Thursday night game, zero blitz from start to finish, and there was just no response. There was no response. I watched them go to play a Pittsburgh team. I mean, TJ, I've never called a play in the NFL, never not once. But I can't imagine that calling a play in which TJ Watt is unblocked is a good idea. At no point throughout the period of a game, what you get approximately what anywhere from 55 to 65 snaps a game. I think for all 55 to 65 snaps of that game, I would have TJ Watt blocked at least on a single guy. The fact that he had as many sacks as he had is like, (laughs) huh? With Lamar Jackson? Huh? And so part of me also comes back to that. Okay. How is a guy like Lamar Jackson getting sacked so frequently? Sometimes I'm of the belief that quarterbacks get uh, uh, they get they get a pass too much of a pass. Sometimes I think sacks are the quarterback's fault. I can't remember what was his name Rob Johnson. Remember Rob Johnson used to play for the Buffalo yeah. Bills. He used, to hold, he used to hold the ball forever, right? And he used to get take sack after sack after sack. And I would be like, you know what? I'm seeing now that sometimes a sack is the quarterback's fault. Sometimes you just got to do something with the ball. Maybe there's nobody to throw the ball to. Do something else with it. Run. Throw the ball away. Whatever. But whatever Lamar Jackson is doing with the ball after nobody is open, it ain't working because he's throwing interceptions and he's getting sacked. And until that, until I see some evidence that that's going to change and he's going to start turning these balls back upfield, I'd love to see it. I'd love to be wrong here, especially because I like, like I just, I, I like Lamar Jackson. I like him as a player. But here, I got to take the Browns and plus two. This is another thing you got to be careful about in football, TJ. Cluster injuries. The Ravens have no cornerbacks. The cornerbacks that they had to fill in for the cornerbacks that they already had are now hurt. They've lost four. Double Jarvis. So it's all he's going to throw it to. Double Jarvis. Don't let people's Jones go deep. That's what they're going to do. At least that's what it seems like. Watch this. I mean, in, in, uh, I think Njoku is actually on the COVID list. I think I saw that come across today. But guys like Hooper. I just feel like the Browns are going to move the ball a lot through the air, but it's not going to be like an impressive, like, no, no, like, hear me out. It's going to be like a Jalen Hurts type passing offense. Like, we're going to see Baker, like, a whole, like, Baker will probably be on passes over 15 yards. Baker will be one for three on passes between, you know, like, seven and 10 yards. He'll be like, I don't know, like, four for six. And then be like 11 for, you know, 11 for 13 passes five yards or less from the line of scrimmage. That's how they're going to move the ball. It's just Baltimore's just been giving up so many plays. And everybody on Monday is going to come back and talk about, ooh, look at Baker Mayfield. Is he back? Are the Browns back? Nah. Yeah. But I feel like, but do you, I foresee that narrative going down in my head? Well, let's see. I don't see it that way, but, uh, Baltimore still has a chance to win, uh, be the number one seed. They still, they have, they have a chance. And and so they got to come with the A game injuries. You just got to, it is what it is. Come with your A game. They got a chance. So another team that has a chance to be the number one seed, you got the Dallas Cowboys are traveling to FedEx field in Landover, Maryland to play the Washington football team. TJ side note. I don't know if you've seen these videos, but every so often, the field, if like they, they just almost have the terrible plumbing in FedEx Field, but it has just started leaking sewage awesome. randomly during football games, which is terrible and disgusting. But also probably a metaphor for the Washington football team in general, 
who are giving four points to the Cowboys. Shout out to the Washington football team, man. Uh, was in Vegas this weekend. They were out there playing the Raiders. Ran into him, Jason, Jason Wright, man. Great, great human being, great dude. Happy that he's in the position that he's in. Doesn't happen in sports. And, and so I root for them now. I just mm-hmm. believe, I, I really do, man. Like they had so many former players out there that they flew in and I just, it's rare that you see those type of things. And and I believe Jason Wright spearheaded that. And that's what I think more teams need to do is bring in former players because a lot of the current players, you don't realize the mistakes that you're going to make until you make them. We can walk you through that. But this Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys knows what's on the line. Everybody's talking about the Washington football team can challenge them for the division. Taylor Heineke is our quarterback. Dallas Cowboys have to start playing a good, sound, solid football. It looks like their offensive line is going to be back healthy. They're going to get Randy Randy Gregory back. The Dallas Cowboys are now getting their team back. I would assume Ezekiel Elliott, those days off now, he's going to be healthier. I'm looking to see the Dallas Cowboys team that we saw early in the season that offensively looked almost unstoppable. That's the team that I'm looking forward to seeing. Hopefully that uh, field in Washington isn't a a nuisance and and plays a part in the game. But I'm going to give up four points, and I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think this is going to be a close game. I don't see – we had, like we want to talk about an offense that hasn't been like you know Kansas City hasn't been going crazy. The Dallas Cowboys offense to me also has not oh. been, it has not been the same Ferrari that it was to start the season. Tyron Smith, even when in the game, has had some 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 pretty bad misses of of, of a guy that we say is a. You know, well, I can't bet on Dallas if Tyron Smith's not playing. It's like, well, I saw him playing against uh, two weeks ago, and he was just missing blocks left and right. I um, I'm having a tough time with this one. I really, really thought that the Cowboys were going to lose to the Saints on that Thursday, and right now, this game would be the Cowboys would be one game up, and this game would literally be for like you know, the, the football team could take. The, to tie them for the top of the NFC East to take the lead in the NFCs. I don't know what the standings would be, but I do kind of feel you on this one. As much as I want to pick the football team to win, I think Dallas wins this game, but the football team is going to cover. I think it's going to be close. I wouldn't be surprised though. That wouldn't surprise me if that happened, but the Cowboys got to turn it on, man. Like they've been kind of just, walking through these games offensively and not doing what I think they should do. So I'm looking, I'm wishful thinking, but you better turn it on offensively deep. You can't continue to rely on these turnovers that your defenses get. You can't continue to rely on that. And see TJ, that's when I started to think that maybe the Cowboys were fraudulent, right? I'm starting to like week six, week seven there. First of all, they're six and oh, seven and oh against the spread. They're pounding teams. But, like, Jay, Trayvon Diggs is going crazy. Micah Parsons is going crazy. But, like, who else is going crazy? Like, it's like, just like, the, does the defense generate a lot of interceptions or is Trayvon Diggs having a career first half? Is Michael Par- is, is the defense generating a lot of pressure or is Michael Parsons 
a revelation through the first half of this season, right? Like how, how are they going to adjust? And, and, you know, th- this is when the game starts to matter more. TJ, you told me the football matters more after Thanksgiving, when it gets colder outside, the teams who play well are going to start to play better. The teams that play poorly are going to start to play like the chiefs defense, for example, that gives me more. I, I have more faith in the chiefs defense, like playing well going forward than I would in the Cowboys offense. Cause one, We've seen one unit improve all year, and we've seen the other unit decline all year. So it's just it Dude, just it's, it gives me a lot of cause for they, they they got to turn it on, bro. It, it's simple. They've they got to play better. They started out very very well offensively. When they they played the Bucks, I was watching that game like, oh shit, Dallas gonna be nice this year, even though they lost. Like Dallas is gonna be nice. And they go to New England, beat New England. It was like, Dallas is all right. New England don't give up this amount of yards and points. And they just have kind of fallen off. Could be injuries. It can be whatever. They got to get it back. Simple. They got to get it back. I'll say this. For the Cowboys, you see a lot more Noah Brown than I imagine that they plan to uh, at the start of the season in their wide receiver core. And that's not a slight to Noah Brown. It's just because every time I is every time I see Noah Brown with the ball getting up, I think that it's CD Lamb. And then I realize that's an 85 with dreads, not 88 with dreads. And it's like, oh, okay, well, th- th- well, there we go. There we have it. Um they need they need Amari. They need Amari Cooper healthy, play a full game. Cause in man coverage, Amari Cooper, he hard to deal with. That's one thing that I do know. Okay, well, I'll take I said I'm taking the football team to cover there. You got Dallas, uh, Dallas to win by four or more. The little da- pardon me, the Buffalo Bills. We just watched get ran on. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde telling reporters, "We're going to remember this question later on down the line." I mean, I didn't, I didn't see anything wrong with the question. Honestly, are you embarrassed? No, I'm not embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that you asked me. Am I embarrassed? Like. Yeah, I mean, are you embarrassed? That no, why would I be embarrassed? I'm a, a starter in the National Football League. Why would I be embarrassed? Sometimes you make a play. Sometimes, what is there to be embarrassed about? That, if, I mean, I'm going to answer. If I, if I feel disrespected, I'm going to answer you in the way I want to answer you. I'm not going mean, to. That's just me, though. I'd say if I had to guess, I, I would say without being there, without any knowledge or anything of that nature, I would be pretty pissed off if the only – questionable play that I gave up as a defense was 175 yard run or 70 yard run or whatever for a touchdown. If you hold a team to 14 points in the national football league, you're supposed to win that game. Like that's the way I, I like, that's the way I look at it. Embarrassed about man. Like this is the league, man. Shit happens. Embarrassed. I'm like, absolutely not. Are you embarrassed? Like, and don't like, don't be a funny looking dude. Are you embarrassed when you look at yourself each morning? <laughs> like that, see, that's the type of shit I'm coming with. And so, especially after, I don't think people understand, man. Like when you lose a big game and you invest so much into it, at least me, I promise you, if it was not for that cooling down period, I would have said so much crazy shit during my career. That period where they give you the cool down before the media is allowed in mm-hmm. is great, needed. You have to have that period. Because by that time, I probably would have been calmed down. I probably would have just chopped it up with Buddy 
Um, but it just really depends. I don't think the media understands like how much you put it in this. And when you ask me a dumbass question, it pisses me off. I'll say he shouldn't have asked him, are, are you embarrassed? You should have asked, how do you feel about this? Yeah. And then if they were like, it's no big deal, I would have been like, yo, you know, this is like historic, right? Like this is the last, this is, <laughs> this hasn't happened in 40 years. You're the first defense to give this up in 40 years. And that you don't feel, then, then maybe we can get into, into how feelings and so on and so forth. But as I believe Jordan Poyer said in this press conference, he said they made a few Imagine players. if somebody asked the boxer, are you embarrassed that you got knocked out? <laughs> like what? <laughs> Like, huh? I'm, like, can you imagine like stuff like get out of here with the are you embarrassed? Like he was trolling that reporter, yeah. whoever he was. He's mad about something. You don't do that. So he it's something there. Well, then also, too, as as they're getting off the podium, Mike, as Micah Hyde is saying, we'll remember this question. The reporter fires back. Back in my day, players would have answered that question, which to me begs the, the follow up question of. When was your day? And if today is not your day, then why are you here? And not only back in your day, you wouldn't have asked that question because somebody probably would have gone off on you. And to me, I, I don't, it's not a big deal. You got a job to do. Okay, you're going to ask me, am I embarrassed? If that question is hurtful to me, then I'm going to throw a jab just like I felt you threw a jab so we can fight fire with fire. If not, I'm going to answer it. No big deal. Well. Jordan Poyer did say in his answer that, uh, you know, we gave up, we played good defense, they got good backs, but they're on to Tampa Bay. They go down to see Tom and company. Man. The Buccaneers are laying three and a half down there in Raymond James. I'll tell you this right now, TJ. I'm going ahead and I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I'm going to lay the three and a half. This is tough for me because I believe Buffalo has a really good team. They're going to really enjoy playing in Tampa after what they just played in, in Buffalo. I, I don't, they don't have Tredavious White. We know the Bucks are going to come out and air it out. That, that's what they want to do. Are, are they going to be good enough on the back end of Bills to slow Godwin, Mike Evans, and Grunt down? I, I don't know. But what I do know is the Bucks don't want to run the ball. I mean, the, the Bills don't want to run the ball because the Bucs are so good at stopping it. It's perfect because the Bills want to throw anyway. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Bills need this win more than the Bucks need this win. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. And not only will they cover, I believe they'll win the game because oh, wow. they have to win the game. So you're going with the Bills to win. Okay, so that's that's a big call by you. But I would say the thing about that got me on Tampa right now is earlier the last week I gave out that uh, I gave out that Patrick Mahomes was like kind of a long shot to lead the league of touchdowns. Brady had the most. I think that this year's Brady's like I'm going for everything. I'm going for MVP. I'm going for, you know, I'm going for absolutely. I mean, think about it. They were throwing the ball with 20 seconds left in the first half on their own 15-yard line. What is that, that for? Bad, baby. Exactly. Bad. What is that for? If not the, not the pass, that's and it blew up and it messed him up. Uh, it, it, it blew up in his face. But I'll tell you this, TJ. This uh, this Buccaneers team, I feel like they're not on a mission, but Brady himself is on a mission to lead the league in touchdowns and to get the MVP. And one of the things that's going to be big in getting the MVP is beating Josh Allen at home. 
it's like Josh Allen is is it's because if the Bills, you know, it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a good game. I, I'm eager to see because I, I think highly of Leslie Frazier and McDermott as defensive coaches. I really do. And so, what can they put together to prevent Tom from gashing them through the air, play after play? They'll come up with something. The Bills offensively, when they when they want to throw it, they can really throw it. And so I'm eager to see this matchup. I, I just feel like the Bills coming into the season, it was promising. It's starting to slip away. They need this win bad. Yeah, and if, if memory serves me correctly, this is the third game that Buffalo will play in the state of Florida. The first one, they rolled the Dolphins. The second one, the Jaguars beat them. So who knows what uh, Bill's team will see in Florida this week. But the game of the week, probably, I'd say Monday Night Football. We've been we've been lucky, TJ, to get some big Monday Night Football matchups coming up down the stretch. But this one in particular is battle for the top of the NFC West. You have the Los Angeles Rams traveling to the Arizona Cardinals, fresh off the bye, fresh off a complete demolit. I mean, just annihilation of the Chicago Bears off of that bye. I thought Bears plus seven and a half was a smart bet. That wasn't. But uh, – Right now, the Cardinals are laying three Monday Night Football in Glendale. TJ, where are you at with this one? I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams. Another away team. When you're playing a division game and teams are somewhat evenly matched, the Cardinals beat the Rams in L.A. This is a big game. in the division. It's hard to sweep a good team in your division. And so because of that, because of the way they lost the first game, and it wasn't even that close, really, to be honest with you. The Cardinals, they, they don't run the ball a ton. They, lot of, they like to do a lot of misdirection, throw a short, throw screens, throw this. The Rams are built for that type of game. If, you, if it turns into a passing game, hopefully Von Miller can start to affect the game. We know Aaron Donald is going to affect the game. We know Jalen Ramsey is going to affect the game. I just like the Rams considering they've already lost to the Cardinals earlier this season. I don't believe they'll get swept by a division opponent. I'm taking the Rams. I hear you. I am not convinced that the Rams are a good Man, team. Man, this is interesting. We against each other every game this week. This is the first. This is the. I think this is a lemon pepper parlay first, where we are on yeah. the opposite side of every single game. That's all right because we agreed all last week. You know what we didn't do? We didn't win shit. So this. So this week, let's have some hey. disagreements to see if it works. Guess what? Guess what? One of us going to be right. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But I think the thing about the the Cardinals and the thing that made me see I, that, that Chicago game, I watched it closely. They are able to run the ball. And the Rams, they, they don't – the Rams are not – Shannon Sharp says it on TV all the time, so I'll take his words. They play the run on the way to stop the pass, which – they're not dedicated to stopping the run. And, like, the Rams, I feel like, also could go, like, the way that Buffalo did. Like, Buffalo came out in uh, Monday night and then nickel package, and they're running. They had all these defensive backs on the field, and you know what they're going to do? To get blocked and just get blocked and just get blocked and just get blocked and just get blocked. He's like, oh, that's Aaron Donald. We'll run away from him. And Arizona's got all these 
I mean, between James Conner and Rondale Moore and Kyler Murray, and now that especially because Kyler Murray, who was a game time decision, TJ, it's a, it's a goddamn travesty that Kyler Murray was allowed to be on the injury report as a game time decision for the last three weeks going into the bye. I understand that, but they make only reason they make injury reports is for gamblers. They have got to figure that out because if you if you're a game time decision, I better see, you know, Howie, Terry, Mike, and Chris looking uh, 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 and Jimmy rather looking at you pregame and saying, "Well, you know, I don't know if he's gonna go. He look, that hamstring looks like it might be bothering him." That's what I need to see. If you're if you are designated as game time decision at the game time, I need to see somebody make a decision. That, but anyway, I digress. Kyler Murray's foot after a month off looks good as new to me. This Cardinals team defensively is different. And this is another thing I like, TJ. I feel that that coaches are coaches are undervalued in the NFL, especially coordinators, especially guys who are black, like Vance Joseph, who got fired as a head coach. But the only reason he got a head coaching job is because he can call a hell of a defense. And you know what he's doing right now in Arizona? Calling a hell of a defense and putting players like Buda Baker. Buddha Baker in crazy positions to succeed. And I, if you just look over the last month, the Rams, yeah, sure. They demolished the Jaguars. The Jaguars. They the demolished Jag- bad teams. The Rams need to be. And that's exactly. another thing. The Rams have beaten bad teams minus the Colts. And they're losing all the good teams. And you've got to beat some good teams. To be fair, when they did beat the Colts. They were bad. Exactly. The Colts were certainly all these injuries early in the year. And then also on top of uh, on top of that, they had was it, I believe a fake punt. Uh, the punt hit the protector in the end zone for the Colts and the Rams recovered it for a touchdown. It was just like special teams guys that ended up costing the Colts that game. I know because I was high on the Colts to win the AFC South. And they just, I don't know, they still got an outside shot. But in any event, I see this as a game where the Cardinals get up early. And what do we know about the Los Angeles Rams? When they go down, they stay down and they lay down. So I hope that changes, at least for, for my sake. So in that case, TJ, we don't agree on much today. I was one team away from hitting my lemon pepper parlay last week. Can you believe it? The Detroit Lions of all teams cost me my lemon pepper parlay. Go figure. Good for them. <laughs> yeah, good for them, right? All right, who's yours this week? Oh, when I do my lemon pepper parlay, I, a lot of times I like to stay in the division. I'm going to stay in the same division for this lemon pepper parlay. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings. They should be a little upset about what happened against the Pittsburgh Steelers playing at home. Crowd noise is going to be crazy. The Steelers coming off of a win that, say what you want to say, are they going to keep that same intensity? I don't know. I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings and Mike Zimmer. And then I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers to absolutely slaughter the Chicago Bears. Giving up a lot of points, 12 and a half. But this Packer team, man, Gerald Alexander is their best defensive player, and he's not even playing yet. Like, they're just the, – the Packers are really, really a complete football team. Offensive linemen not playing – like – does Aaron Rodgers manipulate the pocket to where his offensive line looks better than what they are? Or their it offensive has, line coach is he, just a hell of a coach. It has I don't to, know what it is. It has to be a combination of the both. Dude, it, it doesn't matter who plays offensive line for him. They're good. And it's like, oh, they 
they draft well. Like, really, every offensive lineman they draft plays well. It's really crazy. I'm taking the Packers, giving up 12 and a half against the Bears, and I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings against the Steelers. That's my lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. And for my lemon pepper parlay lock of the week, I like that as well because you're right. The thing about Aaron Rodgers, little no fact, he owns the Chicago Bears. He absolutely owns them. They're going to cover the 12 and a half. So I'm taking them on the money line because I like to do my money line parlays anyway because it's messing with the spreads on the parlays too much. So I'm taking the Packers on the money line, which is just gross. But, hey, hang with me because I'm also taking the Los Angeles Chargers on the money line, which is still gross because that's a lot of points. But you know what? The Giants, again, they're terrible, and they're going to lose this game. Guaranteed fact. And I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks on the money line because the Hex- the Texans are terrible. We're going to see another long neck Davis, Davis Mills sighting. The Seahawks are going to win this game, but I don't know if they cover the seven and a half. So I'm taking them on the money line as well. And finally, the Tennessee Titans on the money line. I understand it's four teams. A 14 parlay is a lot, but all these big favorites, somebody's going to blow the spread, but all four of these teams are going to win. Lock it in. Let's eat. Yes, sir. Better week for one of us. <laughs> week for one of us. For one of us, at least. Who knows? Maybe yeah. we'll both go two and two and hit our parlays, and then we could. Uh, neither one of us will have bragging rights over <laughs> for like, the next for week. Real. Say we're back. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get some money this weekend. <laughs>